You're listening to the 90-10 rule. 90% business, 10% music. Today on the 90-10 rule, we discuss mood music, whether or not you should release your project locally or digitally to the globe, and also the future in Rocco beef and what that means for business. But first, this. If you get sad and lonely, you can't come to me. I've been in and out of and I Lemon Drops by Talana here on the 9010 Room. Crystal Jordan, Brian Jennings, and myself, Kevin Davis, we are the 9010 Rule, and welcome to another episode. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Fantastic. <laughs> you guys are so, so... Like cheesy. Like bit. cheesy as hell. A little, little corny. Corny yeah. works. I like corny. Really? You like corn? Cheesy's, cheesy's like, cool. I not like the corny. It's funny. <laughs> oh, my God. What You know what is so funny? I, I, was, um, I was talking to one of my girlfriends earlier, and she had to go, like, do a pitch and presentation for a new account she was trying to get. And so I told her one of my secrets of, of like, getting my confidence up is to listen to certain music. Have you guys ever done that? So, like, like in the locker in the room, mood? you get pumped up? Well, I don't go in the locker room, but I do don't remember when... you listen when to Plies? I don't, I don't listen to Plies. I don't listen to Plies, but if Jeezy. I have... I do, I listen to Jeezy. Jeezy, Jeezy mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I listen to Jeezy. Do you have a favorite song? Twist your fingers I up? I pretty much just Trap Star or, like... Anything How does that make you feel though? What is what is it? It makes about me feel like I can conquer the interview or the presentation. Is That's it, your rocky music. Is it, it is. the music of the world? The tiger. It, the, it's the it's all of it. Because a lot of the, the it's, it's the vibe. It's the it's the energy. But I remember when I when I did cheer. <laughs> you didn't want to But I did You didn't want to reveal that did you? No but I, I from, <laughs> some, of my, some of my football friends they would listen to like this was you know a while ago. I, they I, would listen to like 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 X Clan or something extremely, X-Clan. yeah. One of my friends would listen. This is to the seventies. No, <laughs> did you cheer? X Clan ain't that old. That <laughs> it was, was. He was listening to music that was <laughs> older than that. But all, or like really, really <laughs> angry gangster. Or really, really <laughs> with the key. Angry Sissy. gangster music. I don't even know any of their songs, but really, really, really aggressive gangster music. Right, right, right. It, so, no, but seriously, do, do you guys listen to anything that gets you in a certain mood? Um, yeah. Like what? Okay, come on, Kevin. Yeah. Um I definitely well, like, you know what actually is my happy music? Okay, let's look, let's go. James Brown. <laughs> okay. James more Brown. More of the 60s and so you guys are oldest. What I, are you I listening to, Brian? What the hell Trap, is in nothing with? but no, I'm just playing. Honestly, honestly, I don't do it that way. I think it's the other way around for me. I music think it puts you in a mood. No, the other way around. 
you you're saying that you, you're saying you allow music to put you guys in a mood. What I'm saying is you look for music that, that complements your mood. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So if I'm feeling whatever, if I'm feeling okay. like you know, like it's a chill day, the the windows are open and it's kind of gloomy, I might put on some like uh, Sade. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. I let it. I let the music match whatever's going on in my life. Oh That's yeah, why no, you I be listening to, to all that Brian McKnight. Brian McKnight is the, is hey, the, Brian is the McKnight dude. is the shit. Yeah, okay? Brian McKnight is the dude. And Joe and Sha. Sade is like the the. I mean, there's nothing like a Sunday morning cleaning up with right. Sade just blaring through. It just puts you in the most sophisticated. But might I add, my people were from the '90s. You guys were talking about some '60s and '70s. With the key. I'm going to put on Beyonce Sissy. whenever I'm going anywhere. <laughs> like, that's to right. get ready music. Can't do that. Can't do that. But you know what? I have a guy friend that told me that he, he said love on top makes him feel good. He said he said it makes him feel like the sun is shining mm. and he's driving along and he feels good. He listened to love on top by himself? Yeah, mm. in the car. That's a violation. That's not a man I, law violation. I, I will report that to the bureau. I don't <laughs> think that there's any music that's, that's a violation. I think that, but still... What if, if you, you what if you pulled up with uh, formation on? What if wait, Kevin wait, wait. pulled nah, up? Wait, 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 nah, nah, nah. Because this dude wants to get on me. Uh, he wants to get on me about being in the beehive. That's totally every different. time, especially if <laughs> another totally dude. Was you're in a, a card carrying member. Now all of a Nothing sudden, wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Nah, because we know you listening to Brian Light by yourself. That's fine. That's fine. Really? I'll sing alone. I mean, you know, me and Brian are doing a duet and we're singing to women. <laughs> but when you and Beyonce are singing together, who are y'all singing to? I would love. To see that, I would love to see Brian sing along with Brian McKnight. Nah, man, violation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I, all my, my point is though is that I usually don't. I don't use the music to get me pumped up. I know a lot of people do that, but it's the other way around to me. I think the music complements whatever I got going on. Gotcha. I, well, I, I definitely use it to put me in the mood. Like Ti or Jeezy, definitely get you, me. You kind of ratchet a little bit, huh? That's not really ratchet oh, though. Okay. It's just motivation. Well, you know, Thug, women Thug motivation. Women, and, and you know, I noticed specifically out, out of black women, they have the the. I think because y'all came up with the term "sophista ratchet." Is that I've never heard that. that? I didn't come up with that. So you term. can still be. You can I've still be sophisticated that. and do your girly things and Chanel and Gucci and Louis Vuitton. Da 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 da. Right, but you can listen to all the Future and Jeezy and Boosie you and so on. So yes. or Future. But you, I do know. I remember in college, and again, this is going to be it. But you know what? You guys are listening to Wisdom, so yes, the '90s is when I was, you know. In school. Yeah. And I remember I was dancing to, first of all, Snoop and Dre. Like, Death Row was, like, amazing for that period of time. And I was on the dance floor, and it was a song, Bitches Ain't Shit But Hoes and Tricks. And I was dancing, and one of my girlfriends, who now is a doctor, she came over and she was like, do you know what you're listening to? Look at you. I, Look I, at what you're out here dancing to. She really gave you a guilt she trip. She did, right like there right in the, in the middle floor. of the. And did you of, stop dancing? Uh, I did. What? I did. Oh, I no. did. See? I felt bad. You should have took your top off. That's what I would have done in that situation. Clearly. How does it always? Because you got to double that? down. You got to double down. When people call you and they're wrong, you got to double down. Or did you feel like she was right? I did. I felt. I felt ashamed because it's the song. The, the album was very misogynistic. Yeah. See, yeah. Dolores Tucker broke some of them. I think. Y'all remember that? Broke some of what? Snoop's album you made like well, she, no, she did well, which, well when uh, we had Anthony, Anthony David, David yeah. yeah we talked about we, the fact that see Dolores Tucker was actually right and she now, was right and now that we're adults we recognize that but back then we was like fuck her we didn't right. even know anything about her no she was right she yeah was she was right. totally it was, right it was out of control <laughs> but I mean now you know I can't believe you got peer pressured into stop dancing though at a house party while I was dancing at a house party but now what, what if what did she smack is, a beer out of your hand too well I didn't drink beer but what if what if you were dancing to fucking on your girl she's a thot 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 right well you can't fuck your girl to thot 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 you can but it's just you know very aggressive. Hey man, fuck. if 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 your girl, if if you could fuck your girl to Migos, you could definitely. You, you probably got a thought that that. No, I mean you can you can Chances have sex are. to anything. Yeah, I mean you could physically do it. Like the act can happen, but that ain't exactly setting the mood. I don't think people need moods now. I because yeah. there's no love music. We talked about that. There's just you know bad, but it's, it's more about a groove and a vibe. Yeah. It's a dope record, but, but I don't... See, you know what? That's such a cop out, though, and what? and maybe this will uh, see. I, I feel like that it's just about the groove and the vibe because you know that you the the lyrics are the, the lyrics are bullshit. 
You know that the lyrics are bullshit, but you're just willing to block that out. There have been a lot of lyrics. Have you? There are a lot of lyrics. First of all, let's say that. Like, yes, the lyrics are very simple, but has anyone heard a too short record? Like, if you actually like ran that exactly, those lyrics were no different than Migos lyrics. They were nothing at all. I am able to accept freaky tales here are the tales that I tell so well, and the Migos are pure entertainment also, and that's fine. But I ain't trying to fuck my girl to it. But mm-hmm. you may not I think, be, but I think like I've, a nineteen-year-old maybe. I think I fucked too short before. I'm sure. Uh, uh, really? No, I think I have. Yeah. I think maybe once or at least once, freaky maybe twice. Tales. It's freaky tales. Then no, he had like, like, his, he, he wasn't these a clever are the tales lyricist. That I tell he had so like well. a, he was not a clever lyricist. He had a semi-slow record with Lil Kim. Call me. <laughs> How did it go, Brian? Hey, but you know what? That was actually I remember that shit. How did yeah. it go? How did it go? Too short, little Kim. Give that was the us. joint. They played that in the club. Um, give us all the a time. snippet. Give we us need a someone Ohio. to talk to. Some uh, I can't remember. It's been too long. That was back in the nineties. <laughs> 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 we need someone to fuck you. Something like I can't remember. Wow. But yeah, that was in the hook. That was when Kim had bars. But yeah. all, all, every, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of rappers are not lyrical. Like, but we give people a pass because they came from an era where other people were lyrical. Not everybody in the nineties was lyrical. No, they True. weren't. There were lots of Tootsie Rolls. True. And we we talked about this on the show as well. It's just that yeah. wasn't it's just that that wasn't the culture music of the time. And now Bad and Bougie is a culture music. Uh, I mean, it's just it, it but it's it's about an idea. I don't I don't I don't see a difference. I don't think I yeah. think Too Short was culture music. Uh nope, sure wasn't. Yes, it was. No, what about not. Luke and, and uh Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. There but was a you trying to say that like that, so that was bass not music wasn't part bass music no, had a big bass influence. music was a move and I think it's it is part of it. I didn't that. say it wasn't a movement. I'm just saying that that's not the stuff that people are gonna look back thirty years like this is the this was the 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 thing in the in the late eighties early nineties they're gonna they're gonna talk about Rakim that's what they're gonna talk about nah, I don't they know about that. Nah, but they're People still don't even know who Rakim is no nah, they're not talking about Rakim they, they'll talk about Daisy Dukes quicker than they will talk about Rakim no way possible pop, white people that will. pussy pop pop that pussy baby that is definitely gonna be talked about more than I'm surprised she even said, said the word pussy right I don't I'm, know what Rakim said can you do the Kaya song can you do it can you sample that for us neck and back <laughs> somewhere and Shout out to Kaya voice. Somewhere, Shout somewhere. out to Kaya For speaking up for the ladies I guarantee you know? your, One of your mother's friends Is listening to this Somewhere And they're gonna and report back crack. <laughs> I'm just saying You know For so long Women always cater to men There was only one woman One woman Who was All catering right. to one women One woman with it one right. song <laughs> That's her only song right. too. Don't play like Kaya was Sojourner Truth Or something She like, was like, She was She's a, back though She was a pop I saw her at the Cat Williams concert. Yeah, she's back. She's I ran doing, into her she's at the a, Cat Williams concert. She's a, 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 a what's, what would be the word? I don't know. It's not Instagram. I guess she's just kind of like a, um, she does like videos. She's now. a socialite. Yeah, she's, she's a uh, social butterfly. She's trying to do what plies do. But she's talking about plies though. Yeah. What did she say about plies? Just calling them half Slander. gay or almost gay or something. I don't know. Damn. So anyway, I, Rough. I, the, the 80s and 90s, the 70s and 60s for y'all. Do y'all have theme music though? That's, that's my point. Like, no. You don't have theme music? Like, somebody asked me that. Like, what would be your theme music if somebody... If you was an I'm going to get you sucker. If you <laughs> if you were doing... If you were going about your day, your day... You were doing a movie about your day. What right. would be your theme music when you're in your car rolling? What is that sound? What does that sound like? Oh, my. That's... I know Kevin has one. Mine is laid back, whatever it is. Yeah, that's... See, laid... I don't know. It might be... It... Ah, it's tough. You got it, it. It's right there. I know, he, but I have so many. I could say like Juicy, Biggie. Oh, I, don't I could say. But why would that be theme music? Though? I could say theme music means it it, it it demonstrates who you are. All eyes character. on me. I could say. Okay, I mean, these okay. are uh, that's that's Tupac, Me Against the World. Uh, like those are okay. some of my favorite records that get me. They always they I suck like you in. The Do you feel like Kevin? it's you yeah. against the world? I feel like. <laughs> You feel like that sometimes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel when you listen to Brian McKnight alone in the dark? I, I feel like this it feels is a, like a very, very light-skinned, curly-headed <laughs> uh, uh, romance. I feel like if God could sing, this is what he would sound like. Oh, oh wow. You just gave Brian McKnight a hit. Wow. Brian McKnight is a great singer. I'm, I, I'm not scared singer. to say it. If no, he's God, a great singer. He is. Okay. He's got a very smooth voice. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I, I really feel voice. like I've been slacking. I've been slacking because as many jokes as he's given me about Bruh, the beehive. I am heteroconfident. I have, 
I don't, I don't mind any of the jokes. It just is what it is. Brian Knight about is an another excellent male. singer. Oh, now you hetero confident. I am. But you've been talking shit about me in the beehive. No, no, that is I, gay. I'd rather be. <laughs> oh, oh, no, Brian. I'm supporting a we'd like woman. To, we'd like to say that there's I'm nothing wrong with that. I'm supporting a woman. <laughs> we would like to give You're a holding a, a man sack. Guys, That's guys, fine. we would like to. <laughs> we would like to suggest that the thoughts and, right. and and things expressed on the 9010 rule are not necessarily those represented. Viewers, Absolutely, and there's nothing wrong with with being liking gay Beyonce or heterosexual or homosexual. It's all there's good. nothing wrong with being heterosexual. It's a rainbow here, right? Yes, Crystal's so PC. <laughs> well, look, what I wanted to talk about tonight. Up. I, I, I'll go ahead and turn a corner since I guess please, I, I ruined please. everything. You did. What I wanted to talk about was, and you guys, and you guys' opinions. Um, you and your man love. I know. Um, what do you think? Like, give me some differences between a national campaign or a global campaign mm. and doing it old school, just releasing your project here in Atlanta or in Iowa or wherever you are. Right. I think, I think that there are certain artists that, this is going to sound crazy, but I think there are certain artists that are bigger than where they're from or where they're releasing their music. And, I, and I'll give you an example. I think Janelle Monet is an example of that. Janelle Monet is not. From, I think she's from, actually from Kansas or something. Yeah, she's not from here, but she's she not from here. Started here, but she started yeah. here. She was signed to Purple Ribbon. They were doing things with her, but when they actually, when she, and then she was signed to Bad Boy actually for a while. Yep. But when they got ready to really push her, her sound, her look, her overall vibe, it was much bigger, um, much more, um, I guess, international than Atlanta. Atlanta has a very. Uh, recognizable vibe with artists. And I think right. that Janelle Monet did not fit that. And I think that's why she did better once she was able to really release something that was able to appeal to the masses right. and even had more of an international type um, appeal. So I do think certain artists are like, I know that, you know, even B.O.B., when he first started, you know, was very regional. Um, right. And then once he was able to do what he really wanted to do. The releases became much more worldly and, you know, Airplanes is like one of my favorite songs. Right, and it's very, that's very pop-ish. Yeah, it is but, very pop-ish. But, but, um, but with Janelle Monae um, and with B.O.B., I think that they actually came a little bit before, the, I would say, the common era. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, there still was not the ability to, to push a button and be everywhere in five seconds. Mm-hmm. I think now the, the appeal is... I can be everywhere today. Right. So why aren't I? Right. I need to be in all these locations at once. I don't need to limit myself. I need to I need to shoot for the stars. My argument though, and the reason I'm I'm, I'm gonna let you go first, Kev, but I have an argument against that. What do you think? What do you what <laughs> it's like I wanna argue you down? Not but you. I'm, ready. I'm saying I'm argue <laughs> right. against that idea of you know what I'm saying, of of being super global initially. Um well, I think being super global, especially for a new artist, can be overwhelming and it kind of gives you a false sense of, of reality. But you know what? The Matter of fact, let me double back because I feel like Janelle Monet never really got a full push like what her talent warrants. Um, that's because she's weird. And, that, and that's okay. I, no, but it's this, not okay. That was when... I, Janelle Monet was in Atlanta when I first found out about her when I was right. living in Nashville. Right. And I actually I drove down here to go see her perform because I was like, this shit is dope. Yeah, and but the- that must have been after because she was first performing with Purple Ribbon with Scar and it wasn't that she was at Sugar Hill. That song yeah, that but she, she did before on- that. But I I because I, I did but I wrote work with her before that when she was before they got her to that point. And right. it was it was um I think they didn't know what to do with her. You they know didn't. what I mean? It just didn't fit. It their definitely whole, their didn't whole fit. Little click didn't. They, it, right. Yeah. We were talking about Purple Ribbon, which is Big Boy from Outkast, and Sleepy Brown, and and they had an artist named Scar at the time, Scar was and, dope. and and yeah. uh, uh, Seabone, and all these rappers. Kryptonite, that Kryptonite, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, yeah, that kind that, of stuff. It just didn't. She didn't. Even fit the that. song that was on that um, Purple Ribbon All Stars was like sounded like a Michael Jackson record. Yeah, Let, Letting Go or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I think that's okay. You don't have to necessarily fit in the exact. Mold of everybody else Like Kanye no, To Rockefeller Was that He was the pink polos And the college kid When everybody else Was from the streets yeah, Selling but, dope But somebody But there were There were people Who were wearing pink polos You gotta find the peop- Find your people yeah, You gotta but that find was your not, people But that was part That was part of Kanye's argument At the time Is that That was not is that Rockefeller was not pink polos? Like he it was marginalized. But to me, it wasn't even about the polos. It was about the 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 attitude and the swag of that of that of that camp. That camp was street dudes that did not grow up privileged. That did not 
you know, that that sold dope and flipped it. And Kanye was, was this, not that. He no, still so isn't he, that. He didn't fit. So it wasn't about the what he wore. They just they didn't understand him and he didn't understand them. And as you see, when he left and 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 branched off to do his own thing, he found people that were more like him. Now there were a whole generation of college kids that still felt a certain amount of of social angst that wanted to that connected with Kanye, but you have to find your people. And I think that's the biggest that was thing. My point. Yeah, what, there what was Brian nobody like Janelle Monet. Right. You, how many Martians were there walking around? Hey, you know what? Actually, oh actually I, I think that's an interesting point because we're like the your topic or your question was about the difference between releasing your music locally and right. globally. Right. Right? Well, now the market has adjusted. And I think the ones that have, or excuse me, the market has morphed in in a way that like nobody, nobody knew that you'd be able to be global from your bedroom. Right. Right? Nobody saw that coming. But the fact that you have that opportunity now um, means that you don't have to fit in like Kanye or Janelle Monae. You can just do your thing from your bedroom. You because gotta part find of the your reason, people, though, you can't just do it. You got to know how to target. I would suggest to an artist if they live in Atlanta, but they have a a fan base that's going to be more receptive to them in Iowa. Then find find out how to aggregate those the social media that's hot there. Like you got to find your mm-hmm. people because you can't just. It's not just a shot in the dark. You got to know where your people are, how to reach them, how to target them, how to engage them to get them to buy into your to your project. I think it's like with Rock City, they they have a huge fan base in the Virgin Islands. So they had to figure out how to bring, how to engage with that fan base. You can't just shoot in the dark and think, oh, I connect with somebody. No, you have to find where those people are and find out, are they on Twitter? Are they on Instagram? Are they... You know, are, are they on Snapchat? Are they on Facebook? Are they on Pinterest? Where are they? Mm-hmm. And then once you figure that out, target your product to them. And see, that's just it. I, I, I think because as an artist, finding your market or finding who works for you, that's you building your building your fan or building and building on top of your fan base. Whereas I think previously, in order to get that type of exposure, mm-hmm. you had to fit in. Like if you were if you were the conscious rapper that hung with a bunch of street dudes, your shit never got played. You never got heard because right. everybody's listening to street shit. Right. So all your your boom bap, you it's not going to necessarily work mm-hmm. because you're trying to fit in. But now you could just boom bap from your bedroom, and people that like boom bap fuck with you on wherever you put your shit. I'm just saying you got to figure out who those people are. You can't just put out the boom bap. And then that's I'm kind of I'm kind of saying the same thing that both of you are but just in a different way. So there's a lot of value to what Crystal is saying because traditionally what would have to happen is you'd have to you'd have to ramp things up. It wouldn't just be, you know, I I'm going to hit you with the whole 75 songs, you know, <laughs> at once because I can. It was more along the lines of I'm going to get hot in Atlanta, maybe not even Atlanta, maybe a, a neighborhood in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a neighborhood popping. And then I'm going to gradually move up to maybe, you know, across town somewhere. And once I get Atlanta locked down, now I'm going to take this national or whatever. I think that there's still value in doing it that way because when you go out and you're just global from the from day one, nobody knows your name. And you're having to hunt and peck for things. And, and it's so scattered and, you know, few and far between when you have somebody that's paying attention. Like, for instance, Crystal, you write for Rolling Out Magazine. Mm-hmm. Do you think that rolling out, it would be easier for rolling out to to write about someone who's who's local if they have the neighborhood or the city popping or is somebody who's just outer space and they send some, you know, unsolicited material and, hey, I want you guys to review me. I want you guys to talk about me. Well, the, the great thing about doing things online is it doesn't really matter. It's it's all about buzzwords and keywords and who you can who you connect with. Right. So who an artist would do better on that site if they if we're able to use words and their name comes up in keyword searches on certain and they're already popping and already popular because right. everything is about analytics at this point. Right. So it really doesn't have anything. That's It's interesting what you said because I, I do remember working with artists where we would tell them to focus on what you were able to reach. So right. your drop, what you're able to reach, like a 25-mile radius outside of your home is where you need to focus. And now it's opposite. It's almost like how much money do you have to spend on your analytics so that you are coming up in searches and connecting with different sites so that people see you on different sites that cater to what you do. So right. you kind of want to create a virtual online neighborhood rather as opposed to a physical one. 
Um, and I think that's way more important. So it could be artists that are living in Atlanta, but they have a their their actual programs. And actually, Dave, um, who we had on a little while ago that did marketing, was right. able to talk to us a little bit about that. Like, find out if your fan base is big in Canada, then you need to be focusing on that. But you can do that online where, you know, years ago, you weren't able to really focus on anything that wasn't right around you. So it limited you in a different way. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I remember... Matter of fact, do y'all remember Top Authority? Mm-hmm. Y'all remember Top Authority? You know who I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Okay. Top when I was in Dayton, Ohio, this is where I'm this is my hometown, this is where I grew up. So Top Authority was introduced to me as this underground rap group with Tupac, Scarface, and some other dude. Mm-hmm. And when I got the cassette tape, I listened to it and it sounded like Tupac and it sounded like Scarface, but I didn't know that they were their own people. Right, I didn't know where they were from. I, I it was just like this. Was this, it really Tupac and Scarface? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, no, they're, I was like, they're their own group. How did I miss that one? <laughs> they're their own group. Okay. Those, I mean, this was in the days of yeah, maybe late eighties, early nineties. This was Spice One, Gangsta Nip, uh, Suave House. This right. was around that time frame. Okay, right. Um, but. That was part of their appeal to me was that it was mysterious and it sent, but it sounded like something that was familiar to me. Right. Right. Whereas now, and I well, and then I could create my own image of what their world was, right. of what their world looked like. Right. Now that I don't think that that type of play would necessarily work because you do have the opportunity to show your own world. So, right. like, where, whereas before I was making it up in my head, now you have explicit detail to tell you exactly what it is and how you can be involved. Does that make sense? But that, that may be to the disservice of, of the artist for it to be that way now. I think it's, it's just too transparent. Everything is, if it's not transparent, it's translucent. Everything is see-through almost. And the artists end up just, I release it all in fit in. You got to get in where you fit in. You got to figure out what... You know where people are into what you what you do, and it may right. not be, you know, for the people that are like Kanye that you know what they're around is not who they really resonate with. It, at least you have the opportunity to find those, find your people, find your tribe. I, I'll be willing to agree with that, but I think that even still, I think you should still take the opportunity first mm-hmm. to see what home is like. You know what I'm saying? Because there's nothing like a real, real body a real warm body that's in the club looking at you, having a real local newspaper come and write something about you, there's still some value to the fact that real people are, are touching you as opposed to the digital world where it's... But those are real people, though. I mean, you look at... There's some there's some artists that, that have such a... Their fans are so connected to them through what they see from, you know, right. of them online. Right. They really do feel that love. You know what I mean? Right. I, and I, I, I've seen... You know, there's a funny little blurb on uh, one of the MTV shows where one of the girls is like, she wants to go to a concert and she's got to go to her parole office, a parole hearing. And she's like, but it's Kesha. Oh my God, it's Kesha. Like, I think that because, you know, the internet allows us to, to interact and feel, you can have a real life experience or you can have at least an experience where you really are a, a, a diehard fan for someone that you've never seen Perform. It's more about their lifestyle, the message. Um, what's the girl? Kalani is like Kalani. Your your daughter's a big Kalani fan. Right. My daughter's Kalani's a dope. diehard Kalani fan, and and most of them at at some point had never seen her perform. It was all you know online. You know, yeah. But Kalani was a, a product of everybody's got talent. Nick Cannon pushed her through, so that wasn't that's not like independent or anything. She was always you know getting help from somebody. So. That's not the same thing as a, an independent artist trying to, to strike out on their own. But you know what? I, I think the thing to, to that is that there are, like, tons of independent artists out there that are trying to get their shit off the ground. And one of the, the frequent things that I hear is that their hometowns don't support them yeah. until they leave town. Yeah, Atlanta's really bad about that anyway, though, on, on just another level. Well, in, I mean, you're never going to be, and, and I think, well, you're never going to be famous around people that already know you. Like, I don't care how much you blow up. There's always somebody like, nigga, I remember. Right. You know what I'm saying? That that embarrassing time you right. had, that experience in school or whatever it was. Like, yeah. there's always that. And when you when you're able to engage another market, 
that's when people are a little bit more receptive to you because they ain't been seeing you walk around here and catching the bus. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So find your people. <laughs> yeah, Speak- you don't get away. You don't get away from that. That's you still all gotta I can find say your is find your people. Speaking of your people, uh, we have one of your friends, yeah, boy, colleagues. One of my colleagues, yeah, and a, a music journalist. And I, I love having music journalists on because they study the the situations uh, going on with music. And we we have to talk about this situation uh, with Rocco and Future because I think it's, this is the type of situation that could affect a lot of our listeners. I think that um, there have been numerous artists that have signed with other artists. Um, everybody from T-Pain, Akon, uh, Usher. Um, you know, the list goes on and on of artists that have signed other artists to their label or even just to their, you Drake. know, Drake. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there is, is countless. And a lot of times that looks, that seems like the best, um, Cosign ever, you know? Yeah. And this situation, things have gone bad. But I wanted to invite Amir on to talk to us a little bit about the 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 actual logistics behind this future and Rocco beef because it's it's going crazy on yeah. social media right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it right after this break. Right now my head is a mess. Thinking about you got me stressed, but you could probably care less. You're just so hard to impress. Every time that we go out, you do something to show out. Played the fool, but I know now. I always worry about you. I only tell you the truth. I'm not like those other girls. I don't be acting brand new. Oh, every time that we go out, you do something to show out. Played the fool, but I know now. Trying to believe it I'm always holding you down Even though you mess around You ain't showing me no love You just want me to show off Play the fool but I know now You by her here on the 9010 rule. All right, so joining us, we have Amir Shah. Amir is a noted music journalist, has been doing this for a very long time, is uh, freelance for a lot of different magazines, and I think right now writes for Rolling Out as the music editor, correct, Amir? That's correct. Lifestyle, but you know, music falls under that, so pretty much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, so we were we we had to get you in here today because social media is going crazy with this whole future versus Rocco uh, scenario. For sure, <laughs> yeah, and and I think the the funniest thing is like you know there's the last meme I saw was like showing future it's like his future poor now is he putting out future I think is dropping an album on Friday or a mixtape yeah. on Friday and people are saying that he's doing it. Um, because he's 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 broke and he's trying to get out of the situation. Can you talk to us a little bit about you know about this situation? Because I know you know you you're here in Atlanta, so you know a little bit about the history you know between Future and Rocco. Yeah, for sure. So for people who don't know, um, you know, it most of this all came about around 2010, 2011. Um, Rocco uh, was previously signed to Def Jam Records, and he had a um, a hit. Uh, I think it was a hit was called. Um, I'm going to do me. It was, right. I think it was called I'm going to yeah. do me with, right. with Jeezy. Right. Um, around that time, he started A1 Recordings, A1 Records, and he began to sign artists. One of those artists that he signed was Future, and this was before Future was Future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he signed Future, and in that contract, uh, it was a six-album deal. So in detail, <laughs> it was basically the first six albums that Future did, he, he owed to A1 Records. Wow. 
Future blows up. He does a song with um. He does a song uh. Racks on racks on racks. Right. Right. Uh, then he, then he, excuse me. YC. Yeah. But yep. Yeah. Then he does um. He does Tony Montana. He does that, and all of a sudden he blows up. I think he does a song with Drake. Drake gets on a remix and he blows up over a song. Epic Records call. They they cut a a, a deal with with Future. Uh, a record deal, pretty much a record deal, and it was basically uh, a deal which I guess excluded A one A one records. Right. As as you know, you know if you sign a, a recording contract, and within that recording contract, you owe six albums. He didn't he didn't meet his requirements with A one records before he signed with Epic. So years go by. Rocco, he's like, you know, let's settle out of court. You know, you owe me some money, and you know. You owe me. You owe me these records. Instead of settling out of court, I guess Future ignores his calls, or, or um, you know, they can't come to an agreement. Rocco takes it to court. Initially, he sues Future for uh, I think the amount was ten million dollars. That was the initial uh, lawsuit. Well, several days ago, a judge ruled that, uh, well, reportedly that because uh, I haven't seen the documents, but reportedly, a judge ruled that. Uh, future owed Rocco royalties for his next two albums and Rocco would also get 50% of his touring um, his touring uh, yeah. not budget but his, the, the, the funding that he would get from his touring so that's 50% Damn. and I think that's over I think that's over the next five years <laughs> that's um, crazy and I mean you know for yeah. future for future the big he, he makes most of his money on the road because he's you know he's dropping mixtapes that keep him really relevant here but as far as what he's done on Epic it's not like most of his money is coming from album sales it's all coming from touring so that's huge for him yeah it's, it's, it's a you know and that's the thing and like you say for, for new artists that's coming up you have to read your contracts you have to understand the contract you have to know what you're signing before you actually put pen to paper um, because you know right now it's like pretty much for the next few years uh, future is going to be working for Rocco. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, and it's, it's kind of sad because it's like, you know, future is a great artist. Like he's one of the great right. artists that we have right now. And he's a guy that actually puts in work. You know, he, he dropped the album last week. And he's coming out with another album this week. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, right. this guy puts out an album, he puts out music at an unbelievable pace. Yeah. And, you know, f- to have his work go to someone else, is just like, you know, it's crazy. It, it shouldn't be like that. It's kind of common, though, because uh, if I remember correctly, Young Thug was in a similar situation. He was signed to 1017 Brick Squad, and then yep, Gu- yep. Gucci, Gucci went to jail, and then I think APG came in and signed him. And um, yep. then uh, there was another, the you know, bad, I mean, Cash Money also wanted a piece of that, but there were right. like three labels yep. involved in this. Meanwhile, he's yep. signed to 1017. Even though Gucci's in jail, you still are signed to somebody. Right. So yep. I think it was like a $15,000 yep. advance he took from APG, but... It, it's, it just gets really chaotic very quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, and, and that's the thing, man. Like, you know, people, I think you get excited when, you know, when someone wants to actually respect your work, your artwork, your music, and you get a signing bonus. A lot of times these signing bonuses are only like $10,000, $20,000. Right. But it's like, if you're, not, if you're not thinking about the big picture, you know, you're forfeiting $20 million. Right. So, um, you know, it's you know, like you said, you can't stress it, stress it enough. And I think uh, also with, with Futures Deal, um, he signed a 360 with Epic. Right. And, um, right. So with, with the Epic deal, I think Epic, they're able to kind of, they're able to, uh, to get, to get money from, I guess, anything that he does outside of music, whether it's endorsements mm-hmm. or if he does film in the upcoming years, I think, but the 360 deal, they, uh, also get a piece of that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like you say, you know, what's, you know, what's, uh, is it really worth it? And I think, <clears throat> I think a good thing that, that we could kind of another segue into what we're talking about is Chance the Rapper, who basically they're saying he just turned down $10 million from a major label to remain independent. Right. Um, <laughs> That's a little, 10 million know. is a little different though. That's, do you, I mean, Amir, do you believe, you know, being, being around the business for as long as you have, and you see what Chance the Rapper has, I mean, the Grammys, the Twix commercial, like he, he, He's been set up really, really nicely. Do you really believe that there's nobody, you know, in his, that he's not signed? He's totally independent. That there's not somebody that's pulling the strings on some of the stuff that he's been able to get, you know, um, over the last couple of years. No, he's definitely independent. But the thing that the see, so it's kind of like this. It's it's like this. He has an agent, 
and he has an agent with CAA, mm-hmm. which is, you know, one of the major right. agencies right. Yeah. in America. Like, so right. the thing, so the thing with CAA, all they're doing is they're, they're, uh, brokering, they're, they're making sure that he gets the deals outside of music, where there's commercials, where there's TV, where there's movies, they're making sure that he gets those type of things. But when it comes to the, to the music and him releasing music, he's doing everything independently. If you, if you guys notice, uh, Chance the Rapper has never sold a record. Right. All of his yeah. albums are right. free. He right. releases every single album for free. And that was the biggest thing with the Grammys. This year, the Grammys, that was, this was the first time that they actually uh, allowed streaming, well, free music to be accepted. Mm-hmm. First, you know, last year and beyond, it was, it was all you had to, you had to actually sell an album. Uh, but Chance the Rapper, he gives all his music free and he makes his money other ways. He makes his money off of touring, endorsements, uh, paraphernalia. So he gets his money off of everything except the music. And uh, I think that's one line that he says in his album. He says, you know, I don't make music for free. I make music. He said, I don't give music away for free. For free. I, get, I, make, I make it for freedom. Mm, so yeah. the freedom to pretty much do whatever he wants without having that 360 deal over his head. Because right now, if you're going to sign to a major label, they're not going to sign you without that 360 attached. But if he's not, if he's not signed, if he, if he's releasing music for free, how does that work when, when you start getting heavy radio play and the song is in rotation in that, in that regard, how does that, how does that work? And where well, does he still get, well, he still owns the publishing. So okay. if you notice that, you know, if you, it's, it's basically, you know, artists usually get paid when it comes to spins and radio play, it's publishing. They, they get paid from the publisher. So if he signed, I'm not sure if he signed with BMI or ASCAP, but that's who's going to get from that check. Let's say he signed with BMI, right. and I know he got a he got a Grammy for that song. I think it's uh, no problems. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that was a big radio hit, right. and B. So BMI is going to pay him that publishing for being a songwriter right. and also the creator of that. So he's going to get paid from BMI in that regard. Usually, what happens when you go to a record label, they uh, they take a percentage of the publishing, right. And whether whether it's fifty percent, twenty percent, they take a percentage of the publishing. So, uh, and that was one thing that Prince kind of fought for because he wanted his masters. And and um, you know, if you guys remember back in the day, Prince mm-hmm. he had he was you know he went he went head on head with the with the labels you know right. almost twenty years ago right. because he found out that you know he wasn't he well, he didn't own his music right like he was making all of this great music but he didn't own it. So but, what do you think about you his know, music being re, re, being released? Did you feel some kind of way? I think we were talking about that last week. Brian was yeah. saying he felt kind of guilty or kind of dirty listening to the music because we know Prince would not have been, you know, he fought against that, you know. And then after his passing, obviously something happened with his estate so that the music was released. Um, how, what do you think about that? I mean, I, you know, uh, of course, you know, but, you know, it's the, the, the sad thing about Prince is that he didn't really prepare uh, a will uh, they could kind of like, I guess, you know, to kind of outline what needed to happen to his music, to everything that that he created, you know. Uh, I don't believe that. You know, after, after his death. <laughs> well, we they haven't found it. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, on know, a, I'm on the conspiracy theory side. As meticulous as he was yeah. about his music, are you telling me he didn't have anything in writing? Come on. I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying would, against you. I'm just saying in general. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You would think that someone of, of Prince, Prince's stature that he would have something that would say this is what he <laughs> wants his music to be after he died. But right. uh, as of as of now, they haven't found anything, and it's like you know, someone uh, of that stature, you, like you would you would hope that he that his music would be released in the way that he wanted wanted right. it to be released versus it versus the estate selling it to a label and they releasing it for them. So, uh, but you know, that's I guess that's just like the. You know, uh, it's the unfortunate part about the Prince story is that he didn't have, or they haven't found a wheel yet. Or it's maybe so. someone has has uh, <laughs> done away with it so that they can benefit off of it. Who right. knows? You're right. You're right. Yeah, you never know, man. It's, people go crazy over over uh, an estate that's worth like a half, well, probably a billion dollars. Yeah. Eventually, it's gonna be worth a billion dollars. Yeah. Man, I hope somebody's in Stevie Wonder's ear right now. <laughs> like uh, I swear, sure, like he's got to be paying attention to this. He's, <laughs> I mean, we saw it happen with Michael. Yeah. We saw it happen with Prince. Yeah, yeah, they did release. Stevie's music. got to be like. All right, shit. Oh, shit, I'm next. <laughs> Even Stevie can see that there's going to be a problem. I, I Amir, knew it was Stevie before, I want to I ask your opinion on one more thing before we let you go. Um, yeah. So after the Grammys, um, DJ Khaled, Beyonce, and Jay-Z released the Shining record. 
Um, and sure. I heard some people saying that they felt like Jay Z was taking a shot at Drake with the line about you know you don't you're not you're not making boss. He, it's it's a line. It's something about you're not you're not a boss. You're not making boss. You ain't yeah. out here running. Yeah. What he say? You ain't yeah. out here running summers, right? Yeah, talking summers. So and and a lot of people talked about Drake because Drake Drake has the same issue. He was signed to different entities that kind of owned. A, you know his his uh, rights to him, and you know money yeah. on him. So, did you think that Jay was taking a shot at Drake with that with that record? And um, do you think that there is like you know, I mean, obviously there's differences in their in their career path. People try to comp- we were actually having a conversation comparing the two, and it's obvious that Jay Z has made some different business moves. But at the at the time that Drake came out, you know his situation was from what I from what I heard by the time we. Heard uh, the best I ne- best what best you, best you ever had or best I ever had. He was already ha- ha- in bed with several different people that had a piece of, mm-hmm. of him. You know what I mean? So there was nothing he could he could really do about that except make the best of it. And he and he definitely has. I mean, he's dope as hell, but he still mm-hmm. is you know a Jay Prince investment, as he said. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely think Jay Z was taking a shot, <laughs> without a doubt. I mean, you know, that's you know, that's the thing about Jay Z. You know, he's he's a he's very meticulous in the way he he goes about things. Mm-hmm. You know, and this and he's been this way his entire career. Like he takes shots in subtle ways where the people who he who he's talking about they know that he's talking about them, and he could do it in a way where it's overt, or he could do it in a way that's subtle. Right. And I think right now he he's doing that with 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 Drake. You know. Uh, you know, in particular with the line, I think with the first DJ Khaled song, when he said, you know, I brag different, you know, my wife, Beyonce, you know, my right. baby's blue. You know, he's he's, he's taking these shots yeah. you know, specifically at Drake. Like, yo, you're never going to be on my level, regardless of what you think or how many records you sell. You're never going to be on my level. And Jay wants him to know that, you know, I, I see you, but you're not going to be where I'm at. And, and you're right, just because, you know, he's Drake right now is he works for somebody. He has a he has a boss and. You know, uh, he's still on the Young Money Cash Money label, and until he he's able to like break free, he can never reach Jay Z's level in right. any in any regard. Especially in, you know when it comes to music, he'll never be on that level. So I'm sure that Jay Z was taking a shot at him on that. And you know what? This isn't the first time that Jay Z has said something like that though. Before I, I think between Rockefeller and Cash Money, they've like Wayne's throw some shots, Drake has said some stuff. And then Kanye yeah. and Jay say some stuff. Even <clears throat> Pusha T says some stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is, this isn't the first time that that little uh, I guess conflict has has begun to brew. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think it's not the end. I, but I think with Jay Z and Drake, it's almost like a, con, it's a it's a competition type thing where you know I think Jay Z still looks at Drake as a little brother that's trying to get to his level, and and Jay is like, you know, you, you still got some more work to do. Uh, but it's nothing. It's nothing vindictive. It's nothing. It's not as passionate as the Meek Mill Drake beef, where oh, it was like right. I almost <laughs> felt where right. that beef up was felt personal. <laughs> this is more like you know the big brother telling the little brother, "Hey, go play in the playground. You're not on my level yet." Right. Well, real quick before you get out of here, Mira, what are you? Who are you feeling right now? Who do you think is next? Like who? Um, do you? Are you excited to 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 hear you know write about and and to hear music from right now? I mean, um, there's, a, there's a few of young guys. There's a slew of young guys that's coming up. Um, of course, I like Chance. I mean, I think Chance is going to come out with another project soon. Uh, I think the Migos right now, I think what they're doing is, is uh, you know, amazing when it comes to, like, I guess, pushing sounds and pushing the way you deliver music or deliver lyrics. You know, it's not it's not anything that's, that's uh, you know, as you could say that's, that's deep or any level. But, you know, when it comes to, like, you know, the pushing the sound and making, you know, it's, it's just a, a different type of sound and a different feel that you get from Migos. Right. Um, it's a guy named Black, who, yeah. a guy named Black, you guys probably want to check out. He signed the Interscope. His stuff is dope. Uh, so, you know, you got a lot of young guys that's coming up um, that's that's uh, that's really to take the mountain to the next level, man. So I'm, I'm very excited about what's going to happen in music in the next year, too. What's up? Well, we appreciate you you chiming in. You're uh you're always a very knowledgeable expert when it comes to this. We may have you come back several times, but we definitely appreciate you taking the time out uh, of your schedule to call in. No doubt, no doubt. And y'all check out, man. I mean, and this and this Rocco Future thing is far from over. If you guys can go on Instagram and see, you know, the latest thing, it's like you know, we hope it doesn't get to a point where it get it goes, yeah. uh, gets any, you know, gets physical, but. 
you know, I just want you guys to just check out, you know, the, the latest social media thing. They're kind of going back and forth, but hopefully they can just keep it on Instagram and, and, I hope so. and not take it seriously. No so, one knows camps, yeah. though. That, that's kind of scary, though. No one, hey, no look, one both of those camps. Yeah. I'm like, you come oh. for half my money. I ain't done with you either. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, but, hey, but just like you guys said in the beginning, you got to know what you're signing. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. Definitely. Know what you're signing. Definitely. It's a lot of artists have, have made that mistake, but maybe not had the such dire, you know, extending circumstances and blown up so high. How, how can the listeners get in touch with you if they want to, you know, Check out some of your stuff or or contact you directly. You have something you can give them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Check me out on Instagram, AR Shaw23, A R S H A W23 on Instagram. Uh, you can check me out every day on rollingout.com. Uh, I got a new article that's that's coming out every week, every day actually. So you can check out some of my opinion, uh, some of my op ed pieces. And we talk about music, uh, lifestyle, crime, politics. Um, Donald Trump. So anything that <laughs> anything that's happening, we definitely gonna be talking about. It. So definitely follow me at rollingout.com and follow me at A R Shaw A R S H A W twenty three on Instagram. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Amir. All right, thanks so much, guys. You guys take care. All right, so <laughs> it's crazy because I literally just looked on when when Amir said to go to social media and check out what's happening, what's right. what's going on right now is Rocco just posted a video, one of his videos with Future in it. And it's like, you know, I wasn't a con artist when I was putting you on well, and all my on, videos. he was on You Know, right? Yeah, he was on, I mean, he was yeah. part of his crew. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, they're going back and forth. But I mean, Rocco, to me, you know, he has he has a point. It's his... It's his a very good point. Yeah. So there's Future a, can't there's call a him a con artist because... Yeah. You wanted to be, you wanted this, you know what I mean? And it's right. a situation. So I think a lot of artists at the time, it sounds like a great idea. Has Future know? put Rocco in any of his videos? I don't know if, if Rocco wanted to be in any of Future's videos. Like, I mean, I think there's always that big brother, little brother thing, you know? Yeah. I think that as far as an artist goes, Future is going to, you know, he's always going to be bigger. Right. You know? Right. He's, he's, a, he's more of a household name. At this oh, yeah. point. Right. At this Clearly. point. But Clearly. he when he first started, when Rocco, when he when Ro- he signed to Rocco, Rocco, Rocco was, was doing it. But it was, he was more, yeah. he was, I would say he was more regional. Definitely. Even though he had some national success, he was more right. regional. Absolutely. Yeah. But as far as this particular situation goes business wise. Future, right. future yeah. is is getting sunned, and he's gonna continue because it's, the more that he fights it, the more he looks weak in this situation. But I don't know what you know, like what Amira was saying with it. You know, it's sad because then you have to think about the fact that your earning potential has pretty much been taken away from you because between Epic and Rocco, I don't know if Future's gonna be as enthusiastic to release albums as he has been in the past. Well, it's only what one more album though, right? He's, it's two more albums. Two more albums. This this album that he has right now, two more, and fifty percent of touring for the next five years. Right, right. That's the killer right there, yeah. though. That's the ooh. yeah. Because so, he could he could he could create two. Future put out an album last week, so he could do two albums like yeah. like that. So, do you feel like though that that Rocco was wrong for having signed that deal? No, in the beginning. I don't think so. I think that's that's a, I think that happens. I think when you ask someone to invest in you, um, you give them the ability to to say what that investment is worth. Right. You don't know what that investment is worth. Right. And I don't know I you know, I don't know the 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 logistics of it exactly like if if Rocco fronted future money, but a lot right. of times in these situations, um, you know, like Amir was saying, the artist may get upfront money. Tiny advance. Tiny Usually advance. Tiny but advance. but to them at that time it's a it's a big deal. I had an artist that um was signed to Universal Motown and he got twenty five thousand dollars for a single deal. Mm-hmm. And come to find out when, when I started managing him, he was already signed. And um come to find out his he had a production company prior to. Same situation. I mean, this happens every day. Right. Yeah. He had a production company. This production company was eating everything off of it. So he even the twenty five thousand he got, which was the only twenty five thousand he ever got. That's the only money right. he ever made right. at all. Right. Even that was he only got twelve and a half. It, you know, it and had to pay taxes it, on that. It, it, and had to pay taxes oh, on the twelve and a half. Man, that's, that's sixty-two fifty. So I mean, barely. But here's the thing, right? So from the from okay, so from the label side of it, though, because see, I've been on that side of the table as well. You know, having right. a label, you start seeing things a little different. When I was a producer and I was working on the creative side of the table, I just didn't get why people wouldn't want to invest in me. 
Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. It made no sense. Like, you don't understand what's about to happen. I'm about to pop. I'm about to blow up. It's about to be big. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, that's all I'm seeing, right? But when I sat on the other side of the table and I'm looking at a young artist saying the same thing, what I'm thinking to myself is, how in the fuck am I going to make my money back off of Absolutely. you? Absolutely. You really don't have a shot. You're not that high. You might, get, you might get lucky. And if you do, then I need to be poised and ready. But mm-hmm. chances are, I'm going to be spinning out of my pocket and you're never going to make me my money back. Right. You're, well, it's like a loan. It's, if you, if you, there's it always interest to pay. Right. There's always interest to pay. And a lot of times you can you get in a situation and the interest is it ends up being you know damn near much as much or more than the loan that's just a part right. of you know needing money from someone else which is why we try to encourage artists to do as much as they can on their own because the more you right. need from someone the more leverage they have to use against you let me put you in Rocco's frame of mind real quick though right so Rocco's sitting across the table from from young future and he's saying to himself nah this cat is, is pretty good you know the hood likes him but I'm not going to make any money off this guy. Right. So I have to sign him to a 50% deal. Otherwise, I'm not going to make any real money off this. Right. He had no idea Future was going to blow up and be who right. he is. Right. Right. It was a chance. Right. So how do you feel then about these young artists who are listening to this show? Make sure that you don't have a contract that just extends to perpetuity. Right. You know, if, right. if I get, if we do get, if, if I'm, you're my production company, if I, I'm signing you 50% right now, if I get signed to another label, we need to slide that down a little bit. Well, what did he say? Who was signed this? Who had the six album deal where they had six albums? That's him. That was, oh, it was a future. Yeah. But yeah. That, yeah. That, that happens a lot. Like it's, it does. It, there's no reason. I remember I was talking to a, a young artist and they were saying that they got, <laughs> they were looking, I mean, a lot of artists have signed artists to other deals and it's like you got to be able to work I remember working with Kalina uh, that was well, on Dirty boy. Money yeah, yeah. signed to Dirty Money and I you know working with her right at that time and her manager said you know we got to be very careful you know should you take the opportunity with Diddy Absolutely, because you're right. going to be in a group with Diddy. That means Diddy Dirty Money. You know that you're going to have some level of success because Diddy's not going to fail with his own project. Right. So it was not worth her turning away. But he was able to go in there and negotiate to where she only had that one project. You know what I mean? And that was that was just having a manager that had the foresight to see we're going to give up some things. But if we don't, you know, you're going to leave with bad taste in your mouth like everybody else on Bad Boy has. And right. and as a result, she did not. She didn't have some of the issues that some other people signed to Bad Boy do because I think a lot of times people make knee-jerk reactions because they're so excited at the opportunity and they don't take the time to get <laughs> do their due diligence. And you know? recognize that you're not going to be bigger than Diddy on Diddy's label. People don't realize that. You're people not going, don't realize that. I've told, I've told a number of people that the yeah. only artist that's ever really been successful on Bad Boy is Diddy. <laughs> I'm just saying, like everybody else has but, been. But I mean, that depends on what you term success. That depends on what you because you know between even Kalina and Don, uh, Day Twenty Six, all these artists had opportunities Danity they would Kane, not have gotten JoJo. if yeah. they weren't signed I mean, go to back. Diddy. Joe uh, One Twelve, you know. Yeah. I mean? it, but but Craig Mack, Mike, my, no, that not was, Craig Mack. Maybe not that. Not him. But I wish Craig Mack was on the Bad Boy tour. But I'm I guess not, I did too. Yeah, just that for that one song. Though. Yeah. I'm not saying that they won't be successful. Kevin said that. I'm saying you're not going to be bigger than Diddy. Right. I agree. If you signed Usher, you're not going to be bigger than Usher. Right. He, why would he? If you Usher do, had be, a, Usher had a group. That, of course he yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> so so if Drake signed to Wayne, is Wayne, is Drake bigger than Wayne? See that he wasn't he wasn't prepared. Is for Drake that. bigger than Wayne? No. I don't think so. I don't Get think so either. I don't. Think I don't so. think so either because I think that right now Wayne, he's yeah. Well, he's more popular. He's more popular. Wayne, but Wayne has more credibility. Wayne, could, Wayne cannot do a hotline bling. Now he can't. You know, but that's never what that. But that's dance. not him though. That's never Wayne been him. Wayne couldn't do a one that's dance. Not, not Jay Z can't do a hotline bling. Yeah. Now, that, that's just that doesn't mean that you're bigger. I think that Wayne has more credibility, and yeah. people see him differently. Drake is more popular on radio, right. but just the fact that Wayne represents the hottest artists out right now, yeah. it still puts him in a category I that's agree. different. Oh yeah, Drake. I mean, Wayne can always, no matter what Drake does, Wayne can always say, "Hey, that's me." And, and and he always and, yeah and Nikki too yeah you know they but they both are signed to him so they, that's mm-hmm. the bigger bragging right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know I don't think that ever goes away now as far as what you do on you know his rap or whatever it doesn't even really matter because it's the positioning you right. know at that point yeah. how do you get how do you make sure this doesn't happen to you listener how do you how do you make sure this doesn't happen to you I I, I think that the biggest thing people need to know. 
and I hear it all the time. Every time I'm helping some, I'm consulting someone with a, a, a contract, like somebody has a contract that I'm looking over right now. Every single time, what they come and tell me is, they say this is pretty standard. How many times have you heard that, Crystal? Oh, How standard. many times have you heard that, Kevin? <laughs> standard. Oh, my they, God. They're going to give you a contract, and it's gonna, they're going to say to you, oh, this is pretty much standard music industry contract. You're going to get fucked, but everybody gets fucked. No, they, so it's they, just, they don't, it's don't even the say standard. that. That's the second conversation. The first conversation <laughs> is this is a pretty much a standard, converse, uh, standard contract. And you look at it, you're like, how in the hell does anybody sign this? But you're scared because you're a little intimidated. You're, you may be in there with a big guy, a big wig or something. And you don't want to give up your, you don't want to lose your shot. And then you go back and you have a little trouble and they're like, well, hey, everybody signs, the first deal is always bad. Everybody, everybody signs a bad right. deal first. I think you have to be willing to walk away. Yes. I think you have absolutely. to be willing to walk away if it doesn't, if it doesn't fit. And that's hard for an artist, which is why I suggest, you know, having Anybody from a friend or somebody that has your back. If you can't, if you don't have a manager, you got to have somebody that has your back that you can talk to. That's rational. Um, I remember working with a songwriter years ago that got that, that Jermaine Dupri wanted to sign, and he offered her seventy five thousand dollars. At the time, she had no gas in her car. <laughs> right. So seventy five thousand dollars. I don't have any gas in my car. That's a good deal. And her manager said, no, we're getting up. We're not taking the deal. Right. And I know she probably wanted to punch him in the face not or anymore, do something though. to him. Right. But actually, she ended up, you know, walking away, came back and quadrupled. And in just, a, in a just total to put different. that in perspective, she signed a $1 million performing rights organization contract deal. Yeah, like, after that. Like, that, yeah. like let me explain to what that means. So, like, your performing rights organization, BMI, ASCAP, CSEC, whatever, they're going to give you money in advance as well if you're, if you're popping. But to get a million-dollar deal from them, that means that they're looking in the pipeline and saying, you know what, you got so many hits that are, that are about to come out Based off of your last year's sales or right. your last year's spins on the radio, and we're willing to give you a million. She got a million and, and J.D. quadrupled his offer. So she, she came out. She won, But what made her win was she had the ability to walk away, even when her circumstances didn't support that. Right. And I think that's just a lesson for anyone that, you know, has a dream. You know, you can't pimp your dream. Um, you, you, you have to, you have to have just as much confidence in yourself, uh, and, and, and your gift as the person that's offering you that money does. JD knows who he is and, you know, he offered her that she didn't take it. They walked away and she didn't hear back for a year. How many people would be that patient to walk away for a year? Almost nobody. Almost nobody. But it was a manager that, 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 you know, was as acting as a mentor that said, you know, trust me. Right. And she did. And when I tell you it paid off, it Paid off. That's a huge. that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, another another thing I would say, going back to what I was saying earlier, is know that you can change the contract. Like it's really about what you negotiate. I think there's like this this thing going around in corporate America that say you're never going to get what you're worth. Mm-hmm. You're you're only going to get what you negotiate or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. That couldn't be far. That couldn't be closer to the truth though. You're you know just negotiate whatever you can and everything is negotiable. There's no such thing as a standard contract. No matter what anybody tells you, that's not true. Every, even the big contracts. Like, okay, so Young Money and 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 Drake. The first contract that he saw, I guarantee you, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It got redlined. It went back across that table probably a hundred times. Right. That contract looked nothing like it did when they first got it. You have that same power, but you just have to know you have that power. Right. You don't do. just don't just yeah. settle for anything, even if it's a little small detail. Even if it's just something like uh, you want to get forty nine percent of merchandise that you're giving to them as opposed to 50%. Just whatever. You have the ability to make every single change that you want to. And, and I mean, a good entertainment lawyer is worth the investment. A lawyer, you know, if you have a manager, this person's, her manager actually had, you know, gone to law school. So she just happened to get lucky. But, you know, there's nothing as important to your career. When you have a contract, and most lawyers, um, if you actually go talk to them, they will... If you have a deal like that, they will, um, a lot of them will have a consultation with you with their back end being a portion of that contract. Um, I've done that with some of my clients where the lawyer will go over the paperwork and, and work out the deal. And then in that deal, they will get a percentage of that, what they work out. And I, yeah. I can't tell you that that's definitely, is definitely worth it. You know, don't, please do not try to look over paperwork <laughs> with your own high school, college, or even Graduate degree, you know, it just if you don't have a law degree, there's a certain eye. It's, yeah. It is, eye it's totally different. Yeah. So please, 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 uh, you know, make sure that you try that. 
you need a lawyer that works in that particular field. So if if it's a lawyer that does divorce, that's not who you want. You want a music, <laughs> you want an entertainment attorney. And uh, we should have one of those on again. I know, I know you guys have had one on before, yeah. but we should definitely bring one back to talk a little bit about, you know, some some different things. But at the end of the day, you just need to hire one to look at any contracts you have at that, you know, once you get to that level. And if you're signing a contract for six albums, <laughs> anyway, in 2017. You, you know it may not look like that. It may not look like that in the in the fine print. Oh, no, it doesn't. It, yeah. it, what it looks like is one album, two albums, and then it says something called options. And the options will be at the the decision or the discretion of the label or the production company. So when you see options, that's basically albums. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know what? And actually, that provides a little insight because on Future's album, he had an interlude with... Uh, what, what would he call the character's names? Lil Draco, Lil Extendo. <laughs> and they assigned a, a 12, what do you say, 12-year, nine-album deal? <laughs> so now, and, and I didn't, I didn't. when I heard that, I didn't think about the Rocco thing, but, right. you know, now, do you, do you know how old he would it. be after nine albums? Like, you know how old? Because albums don't come out every year. I mean, they maybe don't. maybe you do. Maybe you put out an album. That's what you mean? Nine Future years. just dropped, he, Future about to drop a second though. album in... In a week. That's a mixtape, though, right? Yeah, it's a mixtape. Mixtape's not an album. He 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 can't afford to keep dropping mixtapes. <laughs> <laughs> that need to be an album. I don't know if you need to remix master that joint, but yeah, we submitting that for full credit. Yeah, definitely. Listeners, we appreciate you tuning in once again to the 9010 rule. Make sure you go to the9010rule.com. Leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Also, call the voicemail, 678-636-9116. That's what's up. All right, guys. We hope you we we definitely hope you you enjoyed tonight. We hope you listened and got got something out of that. That's a huge I don't I don't want any of our listeners to ever end up on the other side of that Rocco deal. Hey, but you know what? This is what we do. This is why we do this show in the first place. Because there's so many artists that have those horror stories where they thought they were getting a check in a certain amount. And then that doesn't happen because they didn't read their contract. They didn't get somebody who reads contracts to read it. They didn't even, they read, just their, they didn't even read their contract. Right. They just signed it and was happy yeah. to be thinking that they were doing something. So pay attention because your content lives longer than you do. For real, for That's real. good advice. All right, guys. Well, we are out of here. We've enjoyed today. Please hit us up on Facebook. Find us online. Let us know what's up. And we're going to holler at you next time. I just want to say Crystal gave me a compliment. Visit us at the 9010rule.com. That's 9010rule.com.